Welcome back to Feature Presentation. My name is Patrick. My name is Taylor. And Taylor, what are we talking about on this, the uh, 14th episode of the Feature Presentation Podcast? We are talking once again about succession. We can't get enough, folks. Season three, of course, because we did our season one slash two episode uh, a couple weeks ago. We've now finished season three. And, you know, just want to further that conversation. Not a whole lot of, like, changing thoughts, I don't think, for either one of us. I do have a couple corrections I'd like to make on what I was saying, okay? Number one is I found through the first two seasons for Ken to be bulletproof and and the best of them by far. Through eight of this season's nine episodes, he was an insufferable asshat, <laughs> and it was painful. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I found him quite as insufferable as you as, but I found him su- supremely unlikable. I saw, I think, what Logan sees in him as just a loser. Like, regardless of what he does or says or thinks or tries to maneuver or tries to PR or or, or who he hires, he will just forever lose. And, like, I really got that vibe in this, through through the first eight episodes of this season. Yeah, I would say I completely agree. I mean, he just fumbles every bag. He, um, yeah, just loses. I mean, that's, he he gets an L every time. And I feel like, obviously, like, we just finished the finale of this season. And so, like, literally two minutes before we started recording. That's how you do it, folks. And so, obviously, that's, like, the, the most fresh in my mind. But I think that he, the the Kendall that I liked a lot came back in season nine. Like the guy who season like, nine. oh, excuse me, episode nine. I was like, what season were we on? No, no, I'm sorry. Episode nine. The guy who uh, feels bad about stuff and the guy who is really trying his best and the guy who struggles with addiction. Not that I like that about Ken, you know, but it gives his character depth and it's one of the more interesting parts of his character. He was just kind of like, that obnoxious, like when he wears the black ball cap and he's all serious, that's annoying. And when he does the rapping, singing, look at me, I need attention, that's annoying. It's like I like business, Ken, and he didn't really get to do that until the last episode. Yeah, I feel like particularly at the very end of season two, the finale, they prime him so well to finally like get his dub. You know, they they have that whole moment where, like, Logan says, you're not a killer, and can you go down from me? You know, just further saying, like, you're a loser, you're a loser, you're better off in jail, whatever. And then he comes back, and he and he, he's cutthroat, and he says, fuck you to his dad on, on live television, and he starts to create his own company, and you, like, you root for him. Because, you know, maybe evil doesn't always win in, in Logan Roy, and no, it does. Evil always wins. Um, and so, yeah, I feel like it was definitely you, you leave on this very high, high of Kendall Roy at season two. And then once again, I feel like even more than ever, he just fumbles and fumbles and fumbles and fumbles. And then you don't get that back. And I mean, he even says like, you know, in his attempted or accidental um, offing of himself, who knows? Um he's disintegrating like he is completely you know it's it's clear to see from the entire season that he is he is losing his mind um and then in season nine it feels like with the 
excitement of the potential to take over the company again, the one that he was so eager to just say, fuck you, just give me my $2 billion and I'm out of here. Um, you see the real Kendall starting to come back and it's exciting. And then another <laughs> shank to the gut. I think that scene is actually the other correction I would like to make is I said on the last episode, and I still believe this to a certain extent on the last episode, I said, um, by the way, we didn't even prep anything. We just jumped right into it. Like you should have listened to the last one. Um, I don't know why you would jump into this one without listening to that one. I guess if you've seen the show, I don't care who cares. Um, I said that Logan could be played by anybody that there have been lots of great King Lears over the years and if Logan Roy was a, you know, a repertory part, there would be lots of great Logan Roy's. You know, um, I felt like everybody else, their character was so supremely them. Logan felt a little like, yeah, Brian Cox is great. I'm not going to take that away from him. Other people could do this, and I, I would personally feel equal about it. I felt that way until his last scene, the negotiation scene at the end of the finale of season three, where um, it's like, oh, that's why they wanted him. Like, that's what I think other people see in the performance that maybe I just don't see as much. I still think he's great, but I was like, oh, I get I get it. I get it now. I fully agree. I fully, fully agree. That last and final scene, the finale, had me literally eating out of the palm of its hand. I think it is one of my favorite scenes of the entire show. We talked about some of our favorite scenes from 1 and 2 in the last episode, and we said, obviously, the... Um, Oh my god, I can't even remember the lingo anymore because it feels so behind us. But in the very first season, how it all amounts to Kendall trying to um, take over. The bear hug? Yeah, I, well, that's not his... Is that what it's called for Kendall? Oh, for Kendall just taking over or when he tries to... Yeah, but to... what is it called? A vote, a vote of no confidence. Oh, Thank you. Um, it's the same... That's what I meant. Oh, okay. Um, uh, so when Kendall tries to do the vote of no confidence, like that whole scene where like Kendall's trying to get there and they're voting, like that's brilliant. And then we had the really brilliant... What was our second one that we said? Was our real... Oh, around the, the table trying to figure out who would... Um, is it go to jail? I like already can't remember. It was who 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 are they going to blame for this? Which essentially oh, yeah. means jail time. Yeah, who are they going to blame? Um, that's brilliant. But I would say I, I don't know. I think the final scene of this and like the build of that final scene, like the I would say the several scenes before that as well, um, that might beat them all out. I was literally like frothing at the mouth at this. It was like they showed. This is something that we said, and I'm sorry to keep saying in the last episode, but in the last episode we talked about how like because these so many of these people are like stage actors and like theater actors. Something that we wish we saw a little bit more of was like opportunities for them to just be all in the same shot and like reacting to each other, and that was captured really well in that final scene. And in the scenes leading up to it, and the build and the tension was just like incredible. I think it. I think it might be my favorite scene of the the show. Ooh, 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 ooh. well, that's how we're gonna go through this season's uh, episode. Uh, last time we went through, we went characters. This time we're gonna go through in order, and we're gonna do some uh, notable quotes from the series, or from excuse me, from the season, and that's gonna, I think, kind of guide our conversation. We're going to hit some of the best stuff, and we're going to talk about all of um, the, at times, insanely funny writing on this show. Um, and this is all provided to us by TVInsider.com, a website I've never heard of, but it's a pretty uh, it's a pretty good list, all right? And it's in order. Ken is uh, a 
attacking is down at the beginning of the season, and Logan says, I'm going to grind his fucking bones to make my bread. I mean, yeah, it's very poignant for, like, how Logan is. Like, that is a perfect, you know, metaphor for the way that Logan really does thrive, I think, off of beating his children down. Like, we cannot forget he is a evil man. <laughs> um, sometimes there are, like, shreds of humanity in, in him. I think that's because he reminds us, me and Patrick, of someone personal in our lives, so we're forced to see the humanity. Um, but, I mean, he really does just, I think he really truly thrives on having his children as a major obstacle. And I think that's why he toys them around. I think he sets them up to have their expectations high and then crushed because he he gets off on that. When Greg is like stuck in Kendall's camp at the beginning of the season because he like traveled with him and now he's like on Kendall's side for a few episodes, Greg uh, says, this is just like OJ. I mean, except if OJ never killed anyone. And Ken replies with a big smile on his face, who said I never killed anyone? Oof. Such a, like, such a incredible moment, especially because at the end of season two, um, um, oh my gosh, I'm looking at a picture of, of him and I want to say his name. Logan is, like, protecting um, Ken from killing someone and, and protecting that secret for him. And, yeah, it's just really incredible that, like, they, they allude to that and such great writing um and it's it's i think it's so interesting to see how was that is episode one or two we're still on one okay so like in episode one he is laughing and making jokes about the fact that you know maybe he did kill kill someone and then at the end of season three he is um he is he's in the last episode of season three he's like completely disintegrated because of that um, one thing that gets a little exhausting about the show, it's one of my least favorite things about it, is the who's going to be CEO, what company are we going to acquire, who's going to take the hit. It just like it just feels like they have like the same four conversations over and over again sometimes. I, I agree with that. Like that bit with um, um, acquiring Cherry Jones's company in season two. and Yes. Uh, I think yeah. it's Pierce. And now a, acquiring or maybe being acquired by Skarsgård's company in season three just feels... Gojo, I think. Yeah, and then there was like the Adrian Brody thing in the middle. Like it all just feels like the same kind of conversation. That gets a little old. You know, I do think that there's a decent amount of filler in here, but this is a great line. Carl suggests himself for CEO. <laughs> Logan says, Carl, if your hands are clean, it's only because your whorehouse also does manicures. <laughs> yeah. I mean, everybody's everybody is an accomplice. Everybody is an accomplice. Um, let's see what else we got here. Um, let's see. Uh, silence is always best I, for podcasts. I was gonna say that. I was gonna steal it. You, from you. you were you went a little fast on that bit. I was hoping you'd say a little bit more, and we could stall a little bit. I mean, listen. What what am I? All right, here's to? one. Okay. Greg and his grandfather. James Cromwell, and uh, he says, you know, I'm going to screw you. I'm not going to give you your inheritance. And he says, I just think if everyone's showing up to battle in armor, then I feel kind of exposed here in my loincloth. He's so, his character's lines are written so particularly. I would almost imagine that, like, Greg has his own writer. 
Like, <laughs> like when they need Greg to say something, they have a specific guy to just make it a little weird. <laughs> make it a little weird. Um, yeah. I feel like, okay, I know we said we weren't going to specifically talk about characters, but I do kind of want to talk about Greg for a second. Greg got on my nerves this season. He got on my, he, he got a little too big for his britches. It's not even that. It's not even well, that. Well, it is for me. Well, okay, but I'm just saying, for me, it's not even, I mean, I agree that he he's getting big for his britches, but. For me, it's that, like, his arcs and his storylines are just becoming wildly insignificant. He used to be, like, pretty decently tied in, especially when we were dealing with, like, Tom having him, like, burn files It's pretty stuff. much up until the destruction of the files. Was yeah, like- and then in Congress, in Congress, like, obviously he was a huge part of that. But now his storylines are just, like, him maybe suing his grandfather and, like, wanting money and, like, wanting a girlfriend. And I'm sorry, but, like, when the stakes are so unbelievably high the rest of the show, those just, like, completely fall through the cracks. And, like, if they are written to be, like, a breath of fresh air, then they're still not written strong enough for that. So I, I got into this rhythm of just being, like, ugh, why is Greg on the screen? He's not going to provide anything that I care about, like, Let's let's keep the pace going. He really dragged it down the season for me. Oh, no, I no. like the comedic relief. I mean, I I agree, and I would say like I think his performance is a really good comedic relief. I don't think that they are particularly supporting him in being the comedic relief with the script. Does that make sense? Sure, sure. Everything he does is. This fun. is another great scene. I think most of the great scenes in, involve it. Uh, at minimum, all of the siblings, and this is when he invites everyone over. Is it, her name's Rava? His ex, his yeah. ex wife, um, invites everyone over to Rava's house where like his camp is. Oh my gosh! And I love that. I fucking love the idea that like Kendall's just like, hey, um, can I just be in in your house, ex wife, please? Uh, I know my children like live here and probably don't want to be a part of this, but can I? Like, why did she agree to that? Why didn't he? Does he not have a place? He says like, I just need to. Well, they, they explain, like, he can't do it at his place. He can't do it here. He can't do it there. Really, the best place they have is her place. And he just says, like, I need to. And she goes, like, all right, whatever. Um, but he invites them all over to, like, join my side. And he says, I want to offer you a ticket to the fucking escape pod. And they just tell him, you know, they, they Logan Roy, tell him to fuck off. And he just tells them all what he truly thinks about them. <laughs> and I think was a really great scene. Any thoughts on that one? Um, no, but I will just talk a little bit about the siblings. I feel like we saw a lot of really high highs with the siblings and a really lot of, and a, and a lot of low lows with the siblings this season. I feel like there were times where they just fucking ripped each other's throats apart. And then by the end, it was like, they're finally uniting. And I do think in those moments, in those very few and far between moments where they are uniting, I like them all so much more. I feel like they, not to say that they don't, like, act well together, like, they always act well together. I think they they have great chemistry as all of them, but, like, I like their characters so much more when they are, like, fighting for the same cause. It gets a little, like, sibling annoying sometimes when they're just, like, constantly doing jabs at each other. Well, I think that's what, I think that's, like, what I really like about the show is that they're always fucking with each other Mm -hmm. so that when when they unite, it's like, oh, here we go. It's like the Justice League uh, Mm -hmm. assembling or something. I also will say, I I don't know if you feel this way. So if you're listening, if you, you know, if you, if you're not sure, which I'm not sure why you would know this, but um, Patrick and I are both only children. 
And sometimes it, like, is jarring to me to see just, like, how relentless they are with (laughs) teasing each other. And I go, like, is this hyperbolized for TV? But then I go, like, I do think, not that I would know, but I think that siblings are kind of like that. Maybe not to the, like, graphic extent that these guys are. They obviously take it very far. But I feel like in terms of the amount, like, they're always teasing each other. And I think that's, from my understanding of siblings, I think that's kind of how it is. Especially after, uh, they're always teasing Roman about whatever sexuality problems he has, his Oedipus complex thing. But then, especially after he sends that uh, photograph to Jerry, I mean, they just... No, not to Jerry. Oh, excuse me. He he means to send it to Jerry, he sends it to Logan. They just rip him up for like three episodes. I mean, everything out of their mouth is making fun of him. Yeah, I mean, he has a... Ooh, he has tough skin because I think I would literally like, I I'd be drowning myself in the pool like Kendall. Well, he's always just like, yeah, he's he like he knows. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like Logan. It's it's interesting how Logan responds to that because there is like a part of him that is really, really pretending to like give a shit about Roman and being like, this could be a liability for us. And like, do you need a fucking therapist to figure your shit out? Like, what's wrong with you? Which I think is like that you know, Logan, macho sort of, you know, like man-to-man thing. It's very interesting to see how they all respond to this. They all respond a little uniquely. Um, One of my favorite things about this episode mm-hmm. is Tom thinking he's – or this season, rather – is Tom thinking he's going to prison. I thought it was hysterical. And he, like, he goes to Shiv, and he, she's like, well, you just stopped talking about it. He's Which like, is so fucked up. <laughs> well, we've addressed that, right? She's like, it's, like, a really big deal to me, you know? He says, I got deep into the prison blogs about toilet wine. Oh, my gosh. Tom, like, breaks my heart in this season. Like, you laugh. I got deep into the brain. Yeah. I, oh, my God. He's just so funny. He's so funny. And, like, I know he doesn't try to be, and he's trying to be vulnerable, but he's just hysterical in everything he does. And that prison wine monologue specifically where he goes, like, you know what my favorite thing about life is? When I come home and I have my first sip of cold wine with you in the evenings, which is such a sweet sentiment. And Shiv's like, what the fuck ever? And he's like, but I'm never going to have cold wine. I won't have wine at all. I'll have toilet wine, which is a real wine. And she's just like, shut the fuck up. Like, he's, it's like, just... always referring to his, like, prison blogs and YouTube videos yeah. that he's watching. It's, what's he's, so... like, trying to get into the good prison. Yeah, know? which is so funny to me because, like, I am on prison talk. Okay, I watch like I think we all are sometimes. Yeah, I watch like prison recipe videos and stuff all the time. And like, how do you use Crayola crayons for eyeliner? And like, I I eat it up. So this was like so fun to me. I mean, like not fun in terms of what's going to happen, but it ended up working out. So it was fun. You know, in one of the many times this season where they thought the company was going down and they're screwed and whatever. Um, you know, it gets a little old, but there's this one in episode five where uh, Rome says, "So the news is tomorrow we're all gonna look, we're all gonna try to look for jobs in the same branch of Target." Gosh, I don't remember that at all. Yeah. yeah. So that must have just flown over my head when it happened. That's really funny. This I'm pretty sure is the one where Logan um has like the uh the he, like passes out or whatever they ended up calling it. Oh my god, that it's like was a UTI. Yeah, where he... a UTI. <laughs> And the, I think I couldn't tell. Is it? it was it the UTI? Oh, it was the medication. Him? It was. It was from the UTI though. I think yeah. it was the medication though that made him crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
That was like crazy. So they're all like trying to run it without. And it also shows like what idiots they are. Like they can't get anything done. And then when Shiv does have to like parachute into to save the day, Logan wakes up and he's like, that was a terrible move. Yeah. Like it's, (laughs) it's, it's like he wants to delegate tasks, but he's the only person that can do it correctly. And so like, that is just like a, a supreme micromanager, all hail the king mentality that like all notorious CEOs have. So I don't know. (laughs) Also, that episode was shot in the Marriott Marquis in, in New York City. No, Mar- it's in Chicago, I think. Oh, the Marriott. Well, they all look the same. Well, similar Marriott Marquis as the one in New York. I'm assuming it's a Marquis in Chicago as well. But um, it's so funny that, like, you can just so tell. They were like, can we um rent, at, like, half of the building for, <laughs> for like, like yeah, for, like, a week? Um, I would have loved Probably to like be. Probably, like, three weeks. Yeah, I would have loved to be a... a patron there i'm sure that like the boardroom that they spend most of the episode in is is like you know on a set or something but um or just like a stupid co-working space somewhere that they it up. um the one thing i do find funny about greg is everybody uses greg as like um a pawn in their game but because he's useless and doesn't actually do anything and actually means nothing People always say, like, oh, Greg, I'm taking you down. Or, Greg, I'm bringing you with me. But it never means anything because Greg as an asset means zero. Does that make sense? He's he's like fucking kinetic sand. Like, he just (laughs) slips out of your hand. You know, like, you try and mold him together and then it works. But if you, like, literally poke him, he just, like, crumbles. And I don't know. I feel like he, he just, yeah, you're right. He's totally useless. And so, like, he ends up being either dumped or worms his way out. Um, so he's just even more useless. So Ken kept saying that he was going to burn him. And Greg says, and just how bad will the burning be? <laughs> yeah. I honestly wish that Ken would have burned him a little bit. Because, like, screw you. You can't work for me for three weeks and then go back. Like, that's fucked up. <laughs> that's shady. I know that he didn't particularly want to work for Ken in the be- in, to begin with. And he just got, like, literally stuck in the car and has no backbone. So he stayed. But... I don't know. He should have gotten some some more resin. You're going to sue Greenpeace? I like your style, Greg. Yeah. I, <laughs> it's like I might be one of my favorite. There, there's the another show. line connected to this. He follows it up. He's like, what are you gonna, who are you going to take down next? The Salvation Army? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> and I thought that that was really brilliant. Um, I think it's something like, are you going to take down children next or something? I think it's something to do with children, um, which is just so funny. And then when Greg goes around, is like, oh, I'm going to, um, so I'm actually going to sue Greenpeace. And people are like, oh. And then they all get sloshed. And they're like, yeah, fuck Greenpeace. <laughs> the bar in like the next yeah. episode. Yeah, that's like, that was like all that he did in that episode, in the Virginia episode, was um, uh, is like get celebrated by the guys at the bar. Um, What else do we have here? What else do we have here? Hey, dude, hope you're good. Just checking in. Any update on the burning? <laughs> Love it. Um, don't worry, Greg. It's a nice, safe space where you don't have to pretend to like Hamilton. <laughs> I know you I.e. a Republican convention. Yeah, exactly. That's so funny. I missed that one as well when it was happening, I think. <laughs> I like the random thing about Reed Bernie's vice president character licks his lips all the time. And Roman says, yeah, it's like he's a cartoon bear and there's always a picnic hamper nearby. God, I missed a lot of these. Season, or episode six, I clearly was a little tuned out. Just, there are a lot of good ones in here. Just wanted to let you know, new dad just dropped when, when they find out that mom's getting married. That's funny. Um, 
Marsha randomly back this season, speaking of moms. Um, well, what they established at like, the end of season two is she will be with him publicly. Yeah. You know, like, she'll go to events, she'll shake hands and stuff, but otherwise, like, they live separately, they do, like, they are separated, but it's for he, he can't get divorced again. Yeah. So... She comes around when she needs to come no, around. I know. Which is, like, good because, like, I don't miss her. Yeah, it's for optics. I just wish that, like, Marsha had been had some arc or something to do. Um, but it is what it is. Writing women. Am I right? <laughs> it's hard. Yeah, it's hard. When they talk about who the next president is going to be and Connor says, I like Connor Roy. I want Connor to become president because <laughs> if he doesn't or he doesn't actually become close or anything, then I feel like... You know, what was the point of all of this bullshit? I think that Tom is so funny. I think one of his, uh, like, uh, best assets in the show is being really funny, especially his Greg teasing I love. But there was that scene where Ken invites him to what's essentially like a Denny's, and he orders the Grand Slam and French toast and uh, chocolate milk and this, and Ken just goes, I'm just going to watch him. <laughs> And then they offer, you know, he offers him to be a part of it. And um, Tom really brings it down for a minute. And he says, I have of late decided not to tarry too much with hope. And it's yeah. like, damn, this guy can act. Yeah, he he does <laughs> He's have not a, just a goober. Yeah, he has a he has a huge strength in being a goober. But he does. Ha- I would love to see him. And I mean, maybe when we watch Pride, Pride and Prejudice, I'll see this. But um, I, I want to see him have more like really serious moments in the next season. I, what I feel like we need to speak about, maybe this is in an upcoming quote, so you can tell me, you can veto this for now, but we need to talk about the, the dirty talk with him and Jiv. There is an upcoming quote. Okay. Uh, he's having an affair with his staffer, or Logan is, and Roman says she's going to give birth to dad's baby while we chant a satanic mass, which, number one, I think is so funny, like the awareness of the cult yeah. that is the Roy family. But also, what happens later on, there's no quote about this, is, like, he's eating almond butter or whatever. So it's, so I can tell you about this. So, um, it's a maca root. Uh Um, well, also almond butter, walnuts, whatever. Basically, these nuts, these roots, these whatever, maca root specifically, I knew increased your sex drive i always see like you know tiktoks of like what do i put in my 28 ingredient power smoothie to get my day started and a lot of people will do maca root to just like it has a lot of other health benefits but one of them i knew was increased sex drive and like libido um i did not know that it makes you more fertile and so basically they they come to the conclusion that not only is he having maca root in every single smoothie but he's also eating handfuls of walnuts constantly he's eating almond butter constantly and he's doing all these things that are are essentially priming him to fertilize his fuck buddy Carrie um which I will say I, do, I mean like I know that it's constantly implied that they're fucking but I wish we could just like know for sure if it's no or I not. love this I love and maybe they'll just in season four and you know when she's fucking pregnant <laughs> who knows um but like this like z plot that she is um putting all this shit in to have his baby. Like, that is so funny to me that, like, in another world, there's a whole nother TV show that follows her where she plans to do this. And it's, like, her 
her on the way up and getting this job and trying to get pregnant by Logan and trying to get all this money and blah, 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 blah. But because it's this other story, she's so insignificant. But that is, like, worthy of an entire story on its own. It's so funny and so interesting. I am just realizing for the first time that the bit here is that she is trying to do that unknowingly to him. Yeah. Well, no, because they said, they say, like, he's losing his mind. He's trying to have another baby. So I don't know. Is she doing it with him unbeknownst because he thinks he's unfertile and she's trying to make him fertile? Or is it like he's lost his mind? He's like, fuck the kids that I already have. Let's try again. Either either way, I like yes. her scheming. I, I think that's really interesting. Yes, I agree that that's funny. I also like, I can't remember where they get the maca root, but it's like just like a fucking bulb. Like it's, you can buy the ground powder at Whole Foods. Yeah, you can find it at the, the ground powder at Whole Foods. Like you don't need the fucking root itself, but they just go like, here it is, the maca root. Tom finds out he's not going to prison, flips Greg's desk over. And, I mean, just trashes his entire <laughs> shitty office. It says, apologies, Greg. I may have gotten a little carried away, but I just popped around to say no one is going to jail. And at that moment, I was like, fuck, no, because that's the end of all the funny Tom is going to jail bits. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was definitely sad to see them go, but <laughs> relieved that it wasn't happening. Um, He has... Okay, so Ken has this party, this crazy birthday party. birthday party, and there's a lot of quotes that I don't feel comfortable saying that I'm going to skip over, but I think the one that encapsulates the best is Ken is, like, upset after, you know, this isn't as great in his mind as he wants it to be, yeah. and he says, it just feels like an asshole's party. <laughs> it's yeah. like, yeah, Ken, maybe because you're an asshole. <laughs> yeah, like, he plans it out. He's so excited about it. about He-Man lunchboxes. Yeah, it's like, bring you back to my childhood, whatever, and then it's funny, because I think someone else actually tells him first, like, this is a party for an asshole or something, and then he's like, yeah, yeah, this feels like an asshole's party. A character I just do not find very interesting, and I know that the internet does, is Stewie. People really like Stewie, and I just kind of don't give a fuck about Stewie. And so I kind of like that, like, they got that deal figured out, and that was, like, less of an issue. Um, but when they tell uh, Stewie about the Gojo thing, he says, I mean, if you jump out, uh, well, they say it's not an ambush. He says, well, if you jump out on someone in, uh, on the road in the middle of the night, hit them on the head and shout, I'm not ambushing you. It's still a fucking ambush. <laughs> yeah, I feel I like looking at Stewie. He's very <laughs> handsome. Um, I will say I, I will also say- just found out that he's playing. Um, I can't think of the character's name. Theater History 101. The male lead in the doll's house right now with Jessica Chastain. He's oh. the husband. Oh, wow. Torvald or something like that. I think that. it's Torvald, yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. Interesting. Is he a stage guy but prior to that? Okay. Interesting. Um, I feel like I liked the idea of Stewie in like season one and early season two. But again, they have so many subplots to the show that like his is just in a similar to Greg way. Like his are no longer very significant. And I just go like, okay, this isn't going to go anywhere. So why are we spending time on this? Connor proposes to Willa. Will you make me the happiest man slash most bulletproof candidate in the world? Hi, <laughs> Um, I feel bad for Connor. You know what? <laughs> I saw. I I turned it off because I was like, I'm number one. I'm going to see a spoiler, and two, I shouldn't watch this without you. But you know how, like on the TV, YouTube will start like auto playing a video yeah. for thirty seconds. Will give you like a preview. Um. 
it was uh, Kieran Culkin, and they were like rank the succession characters in terms of how evil they are. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, I'm going to start with the most evil. It's Connor because he kidnaps this woman and forces her to live on his on his you know farm or whatever. And I was like, well, obviously that is what he's doing, but Connor is like the least of my worries. I know he's like Willa's number one worry, but he's like the least of my worries. Okay, <laughs> we're going to talk about my my experience with love bombing here, and we're going to get <laughs> no, into... We're not. No, 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 no. But hear me out. Like, for, I don't know how I gaslit myself into this, because you're right. What he's doing is objectively wrong. He is manipulating her with money. He is love bombing her. He is He is being fucking manipulative. I recognize that from a rational standpoint. However, once this agreement is made, and the agreement is very skeezy, and I understand that, but once they get into the rhythm of the agreement, Willa starts really showing up for Connor. She goes to everything without a question. She fights for him. She stands up for him when he needs someone to back them up. And there was a decent part of me, over 50% of me, that when he proposed, I thought she was just going to give an automatic yes. I thought that they were going to have an arc of, like, this skeezy thing became a reality. Well, there is that point where he's, she stands up for him when I, I think it's Roman, like, makes fun of his, his presidential race. And mm-hmm. she goes, like, he's polling at 1%. You yeah. know, like, she's like, hey, he's got something going on. Yeah. She's, like, confined herself to be the quote-unquote first lady, yeah. you know? And then also there's the point where Ken is, like, take off the fucking jacket. And, or, and, no, Comfrey comes <laughs> over. Uh, Comfrey comes over and says, we, we would like to offer you a sweater. Can you take off the jacket? And she goes, like... My partner is cold and he wants to keep his fucking jacket on. Get the fucking sweater away from me. And like I go like, damn, well, okay, I think that's Willa. What's great about the proposal is you go like, oh, like that's right, duh. She yeah. doesn't actually like this guy at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and in that sense, and like, it's weird and creepy. Yeah, I I definitely feel like um, I don't know. I mean, yes, yeah, so what Connor's doing is fucked up, but. There's a part of me where I feel like he is, he's not even, he's barely considered a sibling by all the other siblings. Like, he's just ostracized I'm the from eldest life. son. Yeah, that was a great moment. Um, but yeah, there's just a shred of me that feels bad for him. Ken tries to get his two bill, as he calls it, mm-hmm. and has Logan come up to dinner, which I love the whole thing about, like, Logan thinks he's going to poison him, and he makes oh gosh, Kendall's yeah. son eat the mozzarella. <laughs> like, that's hilarious. And... Ken says, I'm better than you. You're, you know, I hate to say this because I love you, but you're kind of evil. (laughs) It's true. I think that's like the thesis of the show. It is. It is. You know, this happens a lot in plays and happens sometimes in movies where you go like, that's the line. Like, that's what, that that line is the show. That line is the movie. That's what they're trying to say here. And that's probably it. Like, if you're lost, you know, we we have to catch up to speed with lines and droppings (laughs) every here and there, you know, um, every now and then. But, um, no, yeah, that was a great one. And I feel like really encapsulated everything. And I also just felt like, um, to, to follow up on that, it's so crazy because Kendall in this moment, like, he has his stride back. He's trying to have an olive branch moment. He's saying, you're a shitty guy, but I'm not, okay? I'm a dad. I'm not going to be like you. And then what does Logan hit him with? How old was that kid you killed? Mm-hmm. And what about what about the life that you took? And that destroys Ken. And it just reminds you, oh, wait, Kendall is pretty shitty as well. You know, I do want to say, I want to talk about the death of the kid for a second. Because Kendall, you know, obviously as he's dealing with this and blaming himself entirely, he goes like, 
I'm a killer, I'm a killer, I'm a killer, I'm a killer, over and over and over again, right? And Logan holds it over his head. You're a killer, you're a killer, don't forget you're a murderer. When he's going through it at the very end with Shiv and Roman, and Roman goes like, well, you just left him? And Kendall was like, no, no. Because he's like, I'm a killer, I'm a killer. And Roman's like, so you just like, what, crashed and left him? And he's like, no, well, I, I tried several times to dive and get him and I couldn't. And Rome's like, I literally would have left. Like, <laughs> you're already better than me. And he goes like, um, oh, you were driving on drugs? Well, he grabbed the wheel. I mean, he grabbed the wheel and crashed the car. Like, you realize that this, like, killing, which was not right in any way, obviously, but it's a much more complex situation than you think. And... At the end of the day, yes, was Kendall technically, you know, the person whose hands killed him, but Kendall tried to save him. Kendall, they were both on drugs and doing things they shouldn't have been doing. Who knows? The kid's heart could have fucking blown out from the ketamine anyways. Like, you just don't know. But you realize that, like, Kendall is beating himself up over being a murderer, and I'm not saying that he shouldn't, but you do realize that, like, maybe Kendall is a decent fucking guy who is just so warped in this crazy family. Um, and I feel like that, that scene taught me a lot about like this, this huge plot about Kendall that I didn't, I guess I didn't know all the way. Sometimes I think, should I maybe listen to the things you say directly in my face when we're at our most intimate? (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Poor Tom. So, like, all the Roy kids have their kinks. You know? <laughs> Connor kidnapping. Roy. Or Roy. Roman, his mom. <laughs> Shiv is, you know, like, uh, degrading people. Right? And she says, like, I'm out of your league. You're so fucking lo- lucky to have me. Which, like, fair enough. <laughs> these are probably facts yeah these are probably facts it's also said by a lot of people in the show like it's not the craziest thing like not that that is, that is certainly not my kink in fact i would cry if anyone said anything even slightly rude to me in an intimate moment or otherwise um but, like i can see how you could say that as like a hot thing i guess you know like a, oh you're so lucky to have me blah 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 i'm so hot um but then she goes like i don't love you i've never loved you you're a fucking awful man and then he, he says that quote, he says, you know, you know, should I listen to the things you say? And she goes, oh, Tom, dismissing him once again, because she always dismisses him, dismisses him. And she goes, I don't love you, but I like love you. And that's <laughs> crazy. Like we are in public. That's the we're, other thesis of the show. We're not doing fucking dirty talk right now. I don't love you, but I like love you. And then he goes, like, if I died, I would want you to still carry my kid. And she's like, what? Like, she cannot wrap her head around, I don't think. And maybe, you know, I'm sure that there's a therapist that just eats this show up um, out there and, like, getting into the psyche of them. But she just cannot wrap her head around the fact that, like, he actually loves her. And that because she feels so differently for him. Roman asks if Logan knows what a dick pic is and logan says well we do publish a number of popular newspapers so yes son we probably invented the fucking words and i really like that line because like you sometimes forget that they're not just like quote-unquote businessmen that they're supposed to be like media magnets Mm -hmm. and so like obviously in real life the roys don't exist they did not invent the term dick pic but i like this idea that like 
you know, occasionally their company can come up with like, you know, yeah, like a popular discourse, you know, like you forget that sometimes. And I think that that's, that's really funny. Like um, to, in, a, in an alternate history, killing Hitler in an inglorious bastards kind of way, like Logan Roy invented the term dick pic. I think that that's really funny. Yeah. I mean, I feel like to, to do a much more like current example, not that this isn't current, but like to, to do a very recent example, Megan Trainer. Right, she comes out with that song "Mother." Everyone fucking hates it, flames it. But she starts paying her team pays people a hundred thousand dollars per TikTok giant influencers to do a video using that sound, and then everyone goes like, "Oh my gosh, Mother is so like camp and like funny and like oh my gosh, it's campy that she pays people to do that. Like they're not even that private about it. Like it just becomes this like funny thing. And now like I hear people using Mother as a sound on TikTok unironically." And that is, like, that perfect, like, we manipulate people and their thoughts and trends and what they think is cool and what lingo they use. Um, You definitely do forget that because they all seem, even though they're not, they're, like, millennials, they seem boomery, all of them. (laughs) Um, And that's pretty much it for the quotes. I feel like season nine, surprisingly, is pretty low on quotes on this list. But I think that that's more about, like, scenes than, than little moments. Um, and we kind of talked about, uh, me, I said season nine again, episode nine. Um, and so I kind of feel like not a whole lot has changed in between our last episode and this one. Obviously season four is like coming out right now and we're going to get caught up. And then the week that that finale airs, we're going to do our, our final episode of, of this little mini series that we're doing. It's so funny because in between all that, we're squeezing in an episode about fast X, <laughs> you know, because, you know, we have divulging interests we are interesting people with a lot going on in our lives and we can watch both hbo primetime television and total shit (laughs) yeah we're we're losers who who buy into popular media uh, in all forms both highbrow and extremely lowbrow Thanks. Yes. That's what I was. Uh, yeah, we're AMC A listers. Oh, it is free to go see movies, so we might as well get content out of them. <laughs> Our return on investment for one read or listen. Would you like to wrap high. up your succession season three thoughts? Yeah. Um. I feel like I had a lot of mixed mixed emotions about this this um season. I feel like there were a lot of really, really interesting moments and a lot of moments I didn't quite care about. One thing that I thought was very interesting, which I'm, I'm sure I'm not saying anything new, but just the like season three ends almost exactly how season one ends, which is with a wedding and with a giant uh, make or break decision about the company and um, the siblings kind of trying to be together through it all and um Also, the season one finale ends, you know, with Ken killing that kid, and then the season three finale ends with him, like, you know, really coming to to terms with that death, and so there's just a lot of, like, season one and season three mirroring um, that I think was really effective and very, like, I don't know, I I don't want to say, like, season two, take it or leave it, because that's not true, Um, But season three just, like, really beautifully connects the whole series together, I feel like. I feel like things are really starting to pay off and come back and, like, be clear. Well, you also mentioned uh, the wedding or multiple weddings. And because 
people suck with spoilers and internet sex with spoilers. We know that there will be a very uh, important wedding in season four. I don't think I know this. Oh. Uh, well. <laughs> well, now I want to know. Well, it's um, Connor and um, and oh. Willett had to get married. And that's where the big thing happens that has been spoiled oh. for us. Okay. I thought you knew that. My no, bad. Well, I at this point, know. who gives a shit? Well, I knew that they were getting married because he says they're getting married, but I don't know. Um. So obviously, like a big, you know, I th- I think that's very like, I don't, I would never say lazy because the writing on the show is not lazy, but like it's really easy, formulaic to like be like, where do important things happen? Weddings, funerals, birthdays, <laughs> you know. Um, I get what they're doing. I think I think it's probably a little purposeful it's probably like you know they're aware of what they're doing but it's like okay another wedding and something really important is going to happen at that wedding because something important happens at every wedding i also think you would be like you could at least call it a theme if it had happened at the finale of every season but then that makes season two the well i guess it doesn't happen at the end of the season though because we know again because of internet spoilings that that happens in episode four Everybody's always got birthdays or, or weddings in this show. Um, okay, because we're because they can afford it. Obviously, we <laughs> they can afford birthdays. They can afford weddings big and old. also big celebrations that aren't just dinner. Big old Italian yeah. weddings. Yeah, you listening to this? Let's do it. Let's do a self check in. <laughs> You're how old? 20, 30, 40. What did you do for your last birthday? Did it include dinner? Maybe a small trip to a cabin. <laughs> Quaint. Uh, yeah, we we millennials, Gen Zers cannot afford birthdays. Uh, this podcast comes out whenever we feel like it. Obviously, we have some episodes coming up. Our Fast X episode, um, our Succession Season 4, and then who knows the next time this podcast will be around. But everything that we do... We're not always talking. Sometimes we're writing. All these things happen on FeaturePresentationVideo.com. Our other podcast, The Drew Barrymore Thon, where we're watching every single Drew Barrymore movie. Why Two Kids, where we are um, reminiscing on things nostalgic from our childhood. Um, all these things happen on FeaturePresentationVideo.com. You go to our website, you put your email address in, and we'll send you everything that we do for free, including this podcast. If you want to hear our season four, we can deliver it directly to your inbox. You can find me on Letterboxd at Taylor Malone, see what I'm watching, and you can find me on Twitter at Mailer Talone, where you can see what I'm thinking. You can find me at Patrick J. Regal, everywhere you find people online, the main hub, FeaturePresentationVideo.com. All of these links are in the description of this episode. If you're listening to this on wherever you listen to podcasts, that is not our website, please rate us five stars, leave us a nice review. But, of course, subscribe in whatever way that is on Spotify, on Apple, on our website so that uh, you can listen to our Season 4 episode when it comes through in a couple weeks. Sorry you caught me mid-yawn. See you then.